I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. You're listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, bringing you fun and soulful interviews with spiritual teachers with the aim of tuning you in and lighting you up with your host, George Lizos. Welcome everybody to Lit Up. This is the premiere of my, my Instagram show called Lit Up. The purpose of this show is to bring to you fun, casual interviews with spiritual teachers with the aim of tuning you in and lighting you up. And I'm so excited to be kicking this off with my dear friend, Vix Maxwell from New Age Hipster. Hey! Hi. How are you? I'm good, how are you? This is so fun! It is so exciting, I'm so excited to be here with you. Um, Me too! We've known, each other for, we've known each other for quite a while, but this is the first time we're actually doing something online, which is so exciting. I don't, I don't think I remember the first time we met. I think we knew each other online for quite some time, maybe a few years. And then we met at events, and then we started hanging out more. So exciting. So before we start, actually, for our first question, I just wanted to, um, to touch base on your spiritual path. Um, like me, you, um, you believe in fusion spirituality in the sense that um, each one of us is supposed to find their own personal path to connecting to source, to finding a way to connect um, with spirit. So I wanted to hear from you about your own personal path of how did you end up becoming the New Age Hipster? What was your journey to being where you are right now? Uh, yeah, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting journey, like for most of us, right? I never expected to be here, like doing this 
work, like spiritual work, being a professional tarot reader, all of that stuff was like so never something that I ever, I never planned this. It all just, I, I always tell people like, oh, it just kind of happened, you know, but obviously it's a lot, there's a lot of work involved, but it's like following your guidance and just kind of following the path and then ending up in the place where you kind of feel like you're supposed to be right um but it's been it's been really interesting like when i was when i was a teenager i was really into witchcraft wicca all that kind of stuff was really popular in the 90s like everybody was joining a coven uh and that was really cool really really fun um and then kind of later like when i was about 19 i actually started going to church so we had a little bit of experience um I say working in the church because I was in like the worship team and I was like singing in the band and everything. So I was like really into it. Um, and yeah, and then I kind of left the church for a while and then I kind of went on this path that was just like reading some books and just kind of doing my own thing and like exploring what I felt God was and what having a connection with the universe really felt like for me. And then I just kind of, um, around the time of my Saturn return, I kind of got really into spirituality again. I started buying decks, angel cards, like everything just kind of started to be like, hey, like do this, pay attention to this. And then somehow I ended up here with you on this call. <laughs> <laughs> just in this snapshot. I'm just curious to know because um, you wrote an article that I really enjoyed called uh, Why It's Okay to Be a Christian Witch, something like that, something about being a Christian witch, which as we've had this, this chat before, it's, very, it's a very popular article because it triggered a lot of people, both in a good way as well as in a bad way. And that's always very interesting to me because the two terms, I've been someone who's, um, who's been a Christian myself and I've, uh, I've been like hardcore Christian and then I got into Wicca and all the, we sort of have a similar path in the sense that I try to combine the two as well and I actually had a book, I may have it here called um, Christian Wicca, anyway. <laughs> but my question is, these two paths seem to be very contrasting and for many people, like it, it triggers them in a negative way. What is your opinion regarding um, combining different paths and combining seemingly different and opposite paths? Is it okay? Is it not okay? Why is it okay? Yeah, that, that blog post is still my best blog post. Like every week it gets more hits than anything else that I've ever written or ever done, which is really interesting to me. And the majority of people have sent me, have commented on the post or sent me emails. I get emails like pretty much every week from people who say, thank you for writing that. I thought I was the only one. Like I didn't know that other people were out there who were like, like, I didn't even know that was okay. I didn't even know that was something you can do. You know, like I get, I get these emails from people who are like living in the Bible belt and they're into witchy practices and they're, they're just like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know I could do this. I didn't know this could be okay. And then, you know, the same, like I get emails from people who are really in the, like the witchy kind of communities who kind of feel like they can't ever talk about Jesus or their, like the way that they pray or whatever, because they feel like that's not okay either. And it's just like, people are like, oh, thank God. Like, thank God I'm not the only one. Um, so it's really, it's really exciting like to have these conversations with people who are like, yeah, me too, me too. And I think there's a lot more of us out there than we realize because so many people aren't sharing that. Like there's oh. probably loads of people in the, in the witchy communities who do like Jesus, but they just don't say that. And the same as like, you know, all those people who go to church who have a tarot deck, like in their top drawer. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's a lot more present than we realize. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting because in so many ways it's like, you know, the, the pagan path, the witchcraft path and Christianity, like they, they do kind of say like the other one is bad, right? <laughs> that, 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 that is my main issue basically because um, what, what my, the conversations that I've had with Christians, because I've had my own path with Christianity as well, is I, have, I see Christianity personally as a perfectly uh, perfect plan 
to go to God, to, to lead to God, to go to love. If we accept that God is love and that there are several maps to love, I see Christianity as a perfect path to that love. But what triggers me with certain paths of Christianity sometimes is when um, I have this acceptance towards them, but when I tell them, well, I have my different path to love, they just don't accept it. Like, that's just the devil pretending to be love. And I'm like, you cannot say that. <laughs> so what, what I'm really feeling is that Jesus talked about love. Christianity, the, the spirituality of the Christian path is about love. But sometimes the way it's been interpreted, the way it's been manipulated by the church system is creating all this confusion, all this stealth set standards and rigidity that's creating all this spiritual warfare within people, basically, and between people. I'm curious, what's your, um, what's your opinion and your view on these different paths to love? Is, is, is the path to God just one? Or is it, a different, or, or is it different for, for every single person? And if it's different and there are different combinations, is there a limit to the combinations? Yeah, I'm like I love what you say about like there's so many different paths to love, and like I resonate with that so much because I feel like there are people in so many different communities, different religions, different like spiritual belief systems, who are actually all on the same page. You know, like I have Christian friends who are like not into spiritual stuff at all, who are more on the same page as me than some other people in the spiritual community. I have friends who are atheists who are just like never gonna pick up a book on like how to be spiritual like that's never gonna happen that's not their path and yet they have found some way in their life like some way of living that is a path to love and I think like the best thing that we can do is to be just respectful and cool about everybody else's path and to only kind of you know be worried about someone if it feels like they're not on the path to love, right? Which is, which happens in all communities. Like we see it all the time in spiritual communities. There's always like arguments and drama and like all this stuff going on. <laughs> like I've been- Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, like there's been so many times when I've, I've had people like completely slam me and the way that I work or just like, what are you doing, Vix? Like you're doing everything wrong. Like can't believe that you're calling yourself a tarot reader. Like I've had all of that stuff happen to me from fellow tarot readers and people who are also in the community. And I was really shocked and surprised when that happened because I thought when I started hanging out in these communities, I was like, oh, I found my people. You know, like this is it. This is this is my people. Like the spiritual people are my people. And then when I got into these groups and I was having like a part of these exchanges or seeing them happen with other people and it's like <laughs> these aren't my people like what what is happening here um so yeah I, I relate so much with what you said about it it's a path it's a path to love and some people are, are in religions spiritual path and it's like they're doing something different and I guess, you know, everyone's on their own journey so that's okay but I tend to steer clear of anybody who's not on a path to love no matter what that looks like for them because i think there's like so mm -hmm. many different ways right for people to find that path exactly and you touched on the topic of committee which i feel is very important especially with uh, those watching us right now and by the way um everyone who's watching welcome if you have any questions for vix feel free to and i'll get to you but i want to touch on the topic of because i feel that um like for example, what we're doing right now, we're bringing in people together. 25 people are watching live right now and more will watch the replay. All people are just coming in um, wanting to discover um, their own tribe, wanting to discover a community like you were talking about, where they will feel accepted, where they will feel supported. And I feel it's very important to have that community and I know you do as well because you have your own uh, Facebook group, um, Spiritual Journey Pit Stop. Could you tell us a little bit about why you created that group? You know, the basis for it is acceptance and it's accepting all different religions. So talk to us more about that. Yeah, that's exactly why I created it because I, I started hanging out in these groups online and I just never felt like, I didn't feel like I, 
could speak my truth in those places. Like I always felt like I was censoring myself. So I was in like a couple of groups. I was in like a tarot group where I, I got slammed for like saying things like, oh, you know, well, I just turn the card over and whatever comes into my head is like what I tell my clients. And people were like, what? Like, <laughs> I can't believe that you do that. It's like, whoa, okay, what? Um, let alone talking about like Jesus and Christianity and whatever. So yeah, basically I just, I wanted to create a place where I felt safe to talk about everything that I'm into, you know, unicorns, Jesus, tarot, like shadow work, light work, a place where anybody can come in and talk about anything. Like there are people in my group who are like Christians who actually like call it like their label they're like i'm a christian i'm into some woo woo stuff but i'm a christian and then there's other people in there who are like you know star seeds and all sorts of other stuff so that's why i made it and I it. <laughs> your group is very accepting you include everybody there are christians and there are people from different kind of faiths do you find um do you find it works and there is the respect that we're talking about or is there still any arguments going on or not or are the people coming in all just on our on the same path as we are in the sense that there are many different paths to love this is my path to love this is your path to love and i accept it and it's correct i think most people are doing that and i think mm. i think a lot of people who sometimes aren't doing that really want to do that but they're kind of like still trying to navigate like well you know a lot of people who dislike christianity dislike it because I've been through something really painful yeah. and really difficult and really challenging. So it's not that easy to just say to everybody like Christians are cool, like you know, yeah. <laughs> just be nice to the Christians. Um, so I can understand like when, when stuff comes up with people and they're like, they, they get triggered by something or they're struggling yeah. with like, you know, uh, now I have to hang out with Christians. Like they're the people that, you know, did this and this and this to me. So patriarchy I, and all that yeah, yeah like i try to i try to really like hold space for that kind of um you know that discussion but there are people in the group who've had to leave you know there's people who've been so triggered by um having to be nice to a christian <laughs> just like i can't do this i'm out <laughs> and it's like well if that's where you're at you know that's okay um but what I, do you think what do you think is what triggers people with regards to christianity I think it's the, um, I think, you know what, I think it's a lot of things. I think it's the rules and the regulations and the fact that Christianity has never really been that inclusive yeah. for a whole bunch of different people. Um, but I also think there's just like a collective kind of um, pain and suffering that we're all carrying from everything that's happened for the last 2000 years. Yes, <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm feeling as well. The, uh, all the, the patriarchal structure that has been going on for so long and, and what the Christian church, let's separate the religion from the, the actual institution, what they've done to eliminate paganism and to enforce themselves on the planet. I think that's what people are drawing from collectively and subconsciously from their past lives, yeah. creating all this fear against it. So how, how have, have you been able to move past that, to move away from that, and really embrace it into your spiritual path because I'm sure many people watching right now have been brought up Christians or have have this um, this liking to Christianity and they want to connect with Jesus, for example, but they don't know how to bring it all together. How have you been able to move past all that collective trauma that we tend to have? Well, first of all, I don't know that I have moved <laughs> moved past all of okay. it. I feel like, you know, I'm moving, I'm moving through it all as well, like with yeah. everybody else. Um, but for, for me, like my relationship that I have with Jesus as my teacher is nothing to do with the church. Like okay. it is about me and him and it's about his teachings, but it's not about the church. You know, like it's about what he was trying to do when he was here, where he was just he was trying to get people to be friends with each other and to love each other and to help each other and just be cool. And for me, that's like, well, that's what you know, that's how I want to live my life. I just want to be compassionate and be kind as much as I can and live in that kind of energy. So I feel like I have to take Jesus out of the church and like bring him home with me, <laughs> like hang out, like we hang out in the backyard, we hang out like walking around the woods. Like I don't, I don't go to church to find him anymore. 
Um, but I do, but in a lot of ways as well, I really miss the church because I miss, I miss the structure in some ways and I really miss the community. So a lot of things I don't miss, but there are some things that I do wish that I had a little bit more of in my path now. Which would be, I guess, because I'm going into the divine masculine and divine feminine topic, which is something we've had a conversation before. So this structure comes with the divine masculine. It is uh, following certain rules, following certain expectations, and just going through a pattern, as well as the um, honoring the male aspect of, of God and the masculine aspect of God, as opposed to the divine feminine, which is more about uh, retreating, nurturing, and, and honoring the, the feminine qualities of the goddess. Now, there is a lot of talk for the past few years around the Divine Feminine. And personally, I fully support that and I've found that in my own personal spiritual path, I've sacrificed the Divine Feminine for the Divine Masculine many times in my life and I've gotten the, the clear message to spend more time connecting to the Divine Feminine. However, I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but the way I see things, the attention that the Divine Feminine has been getting for the past few years is great. But sometimes if we don't have the end goal in mind, which is balance between the Divine Masculine and the Divine Feminine, we forget the end goal and we, we may end up going to the other direction where we create a matriarchal world <laughs> where the Divine Feminine is superior than the divine masculine and we create yet another imbalance bringing new distractions in spirituality and in the world what's your take on this how do you find the balance between the two yeah i like i love talking about this stuff because i think that like you like i think it's it's amazing it's incredible like that the divine feminine is is rising and everybody's like on board with um with she energy and the goddess and we're like yeah bring back the goddess but i do feel like in the process of of getting like so um so fired up about the, the feminine that a lot of us have kind of it's not like we've forgotten the masculine but it's almost like again it's like this this thing that's ingrained into us especially um especially women um we've been really like we've been told a lot lately like how bad the patriarchy is and how bad men are and how much men like men are to blame for this and this and this and while that can partly be true when we look back at history i don't think that that's necessarily helpful in terms of moving forward like looking at history is great and we can go okay let's not do that again like let's look back and learn from our mistakes but i do like i see i see a lot of stuff online you know about like um just the patriarchy and that men are like to blame for everything and that men burnt the witches and you know all this kind of stuff and it's like this isn't what we're supposed to be doing right we're supposed to be finding a way to to balance those energies and i have like i know so many men who are in who are in the community but not even spiritual men as well like men who are just doing their thing who are like their divine masculine is rising as well and they're connecting with the feminine and the masculine energies. So there is like this massive shift happening for, for all these men out there who are starting to like be like, yeah, that was that that wasn't cool, like you know, what men have done in the past. Like I am not that's not me, that's not where I wanna that, where I wanna go. But it kind of just feels like we're not we're not really holding this space for the men who are trying to like make their way through all of this stuff that's just from what i've seen and from my personal perspective though i like i know everybody is having a completely yeah. different experience with this stuff um but i've like i've always been very drawn to the divine masculine like working with jesus working with archangel michael like i freaking love those guys um and i love working with mother mary and goddess energy too but i i personally in my practice i'm never going to be like okay now it's all about jesus and I'm gonna ignore my like the female deities or I'm never gonna be like it's all about the goddess and I'm not gonna like talk to the masculine yeah something similar yeah. has been coming up for me and that um, people vilify the divine masculine patriarchy but we forget that 
the, the divine masculine is not the bad guy. The way we've abused the divine masculine by creating the patriarchal world, that's the bad guy. And I feel it's our job as spiritual people, as light workers, to, um, to take that tool, to take that energy, the divine masculine, and use it in a different way. Because that's how we rise it. And I, I guess that's what you are seeing as well. But I'm curious to know, um, how do you practically honor the divine masculine? Because my guess is many people here and everyone watching, let us know in the comments. Do you know what the divine masculine is? I mean, because everybody's talking about the divine feminine <laughs> and they have beautiful words to describe the divine feminine, all the different goddesses, but what is the divine masculine? In your opinion, the divine masculine. How does it manifest in spirituality? I think, like, in spiritual truth, like, but I think in spiritual truth, like, there really is no masculine or feminine. There's just, like, there's just source. And source is, like, manifesting in these different ways to help us to be able to connect to it, right? Like, this is, this is how I see, like, everything that I do. It's just God. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So I want to touch on divination. Let's go lighter. Okay. So um, divination tools. Well, lighter. As, as light as I can go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> divination has used to a, to a great degree for fortune telling what i don't like to see is people just giving disempowering reading to people uh, readings to people and negative predictions about their future i know that you don't do that and you're uh, using divination as a self-empowerment tool can you rumble a little bit about that because i the world here is a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can. I'd love to ramble. I could ramble about that for years. Um, I feel so, I feel so passionate <laughs> about um, like not doing predictive readings for myself. There's other people out there who are doing predictive readings in a way that is like really empowering and it's really cool and it helps people and. If that, you know, if that's working for you and it's, it's helpful, then, you know, keep doing what you're doing. But I personally don't like to tell somebody what's going to happen for a number of reasons. Um, mm. One of those reasons is that I don't want them to come back to me in six months and be like, well, that didn't happen. <laughs> um, oh, that didn't happen. I want my money back, um, which I've seen people do to other, you know, other readers out there. But also, I feel like when we, when somebody comes to a reading and they ask you what's going to happen with my relationship or what's going to happen with my job, and then you say, well, you're going to get a new job, that person is then going to start taking action towards getting a new job. So when I do predictive readings, I feel like I'm not really doing a predictive reading. I'm like just helping that person to like manifest something, right? Which could be really good if the cards are good and it's saying like, oh, this cool thing's going to happen. And they'll, they'll then have that belief with them that that thing's going to happen and start to take action towards making that happen. But then if you say to them, well, your relationship looks like it's going to break up, um, you know, your, or your partner's cheating on you or, you know, like this is going on at work, like you should, you should leave your job. And they're like, but I love my job. No, you should leave. Like you're going to leave your job. Like that can do all sorts of crazy things to people. 
people and their um, their own energy and the way that they're moving through the world, manifesting and creating what's going to happen. So I have this story for myself, like when I kind of first, first started doing readings, um, like I wasn't really doing like proper readings. I was like playing with the tarot really. And I had actually had a friend who was also like learning tarot and she did a reading for me around this boy that I really liked. And she said, um, yep, you're definitely going to get together within two weeks. <laughs> so I was like, yes, this is awesome. Um, and I did, I did everything within my power to make that happen, right? So I texting him all the time. I was like, try, like basically chasing this guy for two weeks because I believed that it was going to happen. Um, and then we did hook up and it was terrible. It was like not what. <laughs> I do not want to be with this person. Like, this is not what I thought this was going to be like. Um, but that was a really powerful lesson because it made me realize, like, how much power there is in the predictive reading. Like, how much power you are, that you have as a reader over your clients, especially people who are in a place where they can't really see for themselves. They can't make that decision for themselves, right? Like I could do a reading for you and say like, oh, well, this is, this is the outcome. And you can be like, well, mm, I don't think I want that. So I'm going to go in a different direction. But there are other people like more vulnerable people, people who are just kind of starting out on their spiritual path or people who are really lost and confused who are going to a predictive reader and they're going to see like, well, your relationship's a mess, like that's going to break up and it's going to like change their whole course of their life potentially. And like, that's just not something that yeah. I want. Like, I don't want that kind of karma. <laughs> so what, what I do when people come to me and they're like, well, I have these two choices. Can you help me work out which one's best for me? I say, yep. And we pull cards, but we don't just pull cards. We talk about like, what's going on? Like, how do you feel about this? And I ask them questions about, you know, well, what do you what do you really feel when you visualize yourself like going in that direction how does that feel for you what are your fears around that and then we can kind of like look at it from not just the cards but from a really like spiritual but grounded connected kind of compassionate and loving kind of place instead of like you know turn the card over and be like this is going to happen to you so yeah that's kind of that's kind of it in a nutshell i love it and i have a follow up question on this one do you believe that divination tools in tarot can i predict the future or do they predict a probable future uh, i always say to people um like the the way that i read is you kind of like you do need to well you don't need to but i like to look at like the next steps you know like where we're going moving forward where we're potentially going moving forward. Like if you stay on this path, this is what is likely to happen. Um, but a lot of the time you can work that out just from like, you know, well, if you have your job and you never leave your job, what is likely to happen is that you will not become happier. <laughs> like you don't always need to be pulling cards to kind of work out, um, well, what's the most likely outcome, you know, to kind of, yeah, from where you're at. Perfect. Now, another question I have for you is with regards to money and spirituality, because I know you recently did a money love, and it's a topic that triggers people like after religion, it is money. Okay, and especially within this region, I see personally within my own audience, within my own clients, a resistance to, um, first of all, accepting the idea of spending money, and secondly, um, investing in ourselves and therefore investing in courses or classes or just um, and there is this negativity around money and around um, online courses with regards to spirituality specifically um, there is this idea that spiritual um, wisdom should be given freely so what is your take on that yeah I another big topic <laughs> yeah I um... I wouldn't be able to do the work that I do if I didn't get paid for it. Like I couldn't help all of the people that I'm helping if I didn't get paid for it. And that just like one-on-one -on -one sessions. It's like being here with you and having this conversation or like um, doing free readings on Instagram every Monday. Like that stuff takes time and energy. And if I'm not getting 
some money from somewhere for like my life so I can pay my bills and feel like, you know, I'm not going to drown and like be homeless. If I'm not receiving money from somewhere, I can't do any of that. And there is like this weird thing out there where people are like, you know, oh, well, you have a spiritual gift, which, you know, is another thing we could talk about. Um, you should be giving it away for free. Oh, the gift. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like, but it's, it's, first of all, I don't feel like it's a gift. I feel like it's a skill that I have developed because I've worked really hard. <laughs> like I have yeah. read a million books. Yeah. I meditate every day. I pull cards for myself every day. I've done like thousands of readings for other people like this isn't something that i just like woke up and just had it and then i could like go out and save the world with it it's (laughs) not like that like when people are paying for a session with me they're not just paying for that hour they're paying for like the hour that i did on my meditation pillow that morning they're paying for like you know all the all the like all the tears and the like all of me working through my own stuff so that I could be so I can be there for them and hold that space for them and I think sometimes when we're like trying to decide you know like oh how much is my service really worth we forget that we're you know oh but you know this person only charges that much an hour and it's like but you're not just charging for an hour you're charging for like everything that you do that helps you to be there for an hour with that person and hold the space for them in the best possible way. The entire path. Yeah. Because it's hard, it's hard work to do this. Like, I don't know, maybe there are some people out there that are like just gifted and they don't have to do anything. You know, they wake up in the morning and they're just like, your guide says this and your guide says that and like, you know, whatever. But I have to, (laughs) I have to work. Like I have to ground myself, clear myself, protect myself like every day to be able to do this. Like it's not just this special gift that you should be giving away for free. I feel very strongly about, (laughs) feel very strongly about this. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing here because um, my, my personal belief regarding the gift is we're all born intuitive, yes. period. We're all born psychic, yes. period. But each one is born of us with a certain degree of what well, we, someone may have naturally a psychic skill more developed than somebody else. But we are all able to develop our psychic skills and be our own uh, spiritual teachers and be our own intuitives. And I've been someone who hasn't wasn't gifted in the sense of I was seeing angels as a kid. I worked hard as well to, um, to, to develop that skill. And sometimes there is this disempowerment um, that people have where they idolize spiritual teachers, seeing them as these uh, gifted people. But no, we all have those skills. Do you want to talk a little bit about, um, about that and whether everyone is gifted in the sense that we're all and we're all intuitive and what we can do simply to start developing us if we're not in touch with them yeah I, I, I agree with you hundred percent on this um, the idea that everybody that comes into this world has like this is our natural natural state right like it's our natural state to be grounded clear like be able to hear our spirit guides, be able to like communicate with our past over loved ones. Like that is our natural state. And we've just lost it because we've been, you know, there's all this other stuff going on in this world. Um, and we've lost it and we've forgotten that that is actually the natural state. So for me, like all this work that I've done, it's not, a, it's not necessarily, it hasn't really been about focusing on connection like focusing on well i'm doing this work because i want to talk to my guides and angels it's really like me doing the work because i want to feel aligned and i want to feel like i'm like feeling how i'm supposed to feel it's about removing the stuff that isn't me that isn't mine so that i can do do this work for others and i just want to mention as well that like I know we're kind of saying like, you know, oh, there's, there's people out there who are like gifted and they can hear everything and see, see angels and stuff. People I know who are like that, who had these amazing experiences when they're kids, you know, grandma's in the room, like angels are in the room, whatever. Those people are still doing the work as well. Like, even if you do have like a kind of a natural talent for something, you're still doing the work. Like, I feel like I have a natural talent for tarot, but it's not like, 
I yeah. pick up the deck once and I can do amazing readings for everybody. <laughs> but yeah, journey really. It's lifelong learning with the tarot. It's just that that kind of feels like my thing. And what are some ways Vix, that you use um, at the start of the, what are some ways that you use at the start of your tarot journey to start developing your intuitive skills as a tarot reader specifically? Um, because so, I know many people love the tarot. It's one of the most popular. Um, so energy work was like everything for me. Like when I started to protect my energy, everything shifted. Like I was protecting my energy because I was dealing with really negative, difficult people at work. Um, and I was just feeling mm. really exhausted all the time. Like I was starting to realize like, this, there's other things affecting my energy. What can I do about this? And so I started protecting my energy. And then once I started to, to do that at work, I became a clearer, became a clearer channel for my yeah. guides and angels and all this other stuff to start coming in. And that was, that was like weird. Well, not weirdly. I mean, it makes sense. That was the same time that I started to be able to really read tarot as well. So it was like this combination of protecting my energy so that I could be clearer. Um, and then, you know, one, one thing that I always say to people with, uh, with working with the tarot is like tarot books are great. Like studying the is amazing but put the books away and just look at the images and see how they make you feel yes. and see what comes up for yes. you like get a journal get a notebook turn over the cards and write down like what's the first thing that you think of how does this make you feel like does it make you feel like life is great and everything's fine does it make you feel like there's something bad about that like write all that stuff down um and create your own kind of way of reading the cards. I love that. I love that because there are so many books out there about tarot and it can get very confusing. Uh, it can get especially confusing. I want your opinion on this, on this topic because I have so many decks here. And for example, some decks, they have new cards or they have different names for the suits. Like for example, the angel tarot cards, they have different names for the suits. We have the fairies, again, different um, names. Where we have the good tarot, which has new cards. We have the Akashic tarot with less cards. So it can get very confusing <laughs> with all these different new types of tarot, changing the names, changing the symbols, removing cards, adding cards. What is your take on this? Is it right? Is it wrong? And why? Hmm. Such a great question. Um, I think for, for me, it depends on the deck. Like I tend to either, I'll either connect with the deck or I won't, regardless of how many cards, what the suits are, what's going on with the, of the, of the cards. Um, but I think, I think it's, I think it's cool. And I think it's really exciting that people are doing different things with tarot. Um, because for a long time we've had like the Rider Waite Smith and there's, and there's been the Thoth and there's been like, um, the Marseille and a few, you know, a few other kind of versions, but it's all been pretty much Rider Waite Smith clones. And I think it's really yeah. exciting that people are, are changing it because I think we live in a different time now. We're working with different energies now. Like back in the 1920s, the world was a different place. There was different energies here and people mm. who were doing spiritual work were working with a different kind of, different kind of energy. Um, and now we're kind of like, I feel like anyway, like we're waking up so much at the moment. Like we need like the star child tarot and we need all of these, yes. new, these new exciting tools that are created by people who are living here and now, um, and who are working with that energy that we're working with while they're creating the deck. Like it's really, feels really exciting to me. But having said that, I still do love my right away Smith <laughs> as well. <laughs> Always going to use that deck. But, um, and weirdly, like I tend to use that more for clients and I tend to use like the kind of newer decks for myself. But then I think it depends on like, you know, what questions people are asking and where they're at in their journey and, um, you know, what kind of energy I feel like I need to be working with, with them. But I think it's exciting. I think it's really cool and exciting. Yeah, that's very, that's, that's very interesting actually, because, um, as you said, the tarot were created so many years ago when the world was in a different stage. So it, it, in a way, it's so good that we're expanding the, um, the trend and we're expanding the craft of the tarot by 
by, um, by, by, by listening to how things are changing and observing how things are changing in the world and then creates, creating something that adjusts and mirrors that in some way. That's something that I see quite a lot with, um, with neo-paganism in general and new religions in, in general like new ageism is a new form of religion where we're moving things forward in some way which I think is always quite good. Now I'm, I'm bringing the topic back onto the, the <laughs> into the religion and spirituality thing. Let's see if the angels interfere again. But I want to go to the question of, uh, really briefly, the difference between religion and spirituality. You posted something about it on Instagram a while back. You said that um, religion is rigid, spirituality is fluid. Could you talk to me more about the difference? between the two and how can someone know which one is the right for them I think it's I think it's like it's different for everyone like like I said like there are things that I really miss about church and being a part of a yes. religion there is part of the structure that I miss like trying to do this new age thing on your own can be really kind of overwhelming and daunting because you sit down at your altar in the morning and you're like what am i going to do today <laughs> like am i going to pull cards am i going to meditate am i going to do some yoga am i going to go into the akashic records am i going to like go to the sirius star system like what what should i do today and it can feel a bit like you know, really like there's so many options and there's so many different things i could be doing in this moment whereas when you have a religion when you have like a structured religion you kind of just guide it you know you're like okay well I sit down and I read my Bible and then I pray and that's you know that's my thing that's what I do um, and so I think that I think that for some people like the religion really is the right the right path for them I think that's great yeah. if you're if you're in a religion and you're like this this is what I need this works for me this covers like everything that I that I want out of out of my spiritual path, then that's great. Um, but I think a lot of people who are in religions are like they like their religion, but they're also like, oh, but I really want to kind of. But what if? But I want to go in the Akashic records, like, oh, I want to like do this meditation or like get an oracle deck. Like people are really curious and they want to do that stuff. And I think when you're in a religion, you kind of feel like you can't do that but at the same time i feel like religion's changing or it needs to change in order to keep people it needs to be like you know if you want to get an oracle deck that's okay you can still come to church because <laughs> i've like i've yeah. been wanting to go to church for a little while now and just to kind of have a community and um i love like i love singing at church like i love you know like um, I used to go to like Assembly of God churches where everyone's like, you know, like, yeah, we're all singing and like, it's, you know, speaking in tongues and everything is like crazy awesome. But I feel like if I go there and somebody says to me, so what do you do for a job? And I have to say, well, I'm a tarot reader, like, <laughs> so quickly, right? How would that go? Yeah, but then it's like, well, they're they're losing somebody. Like they're losing somebody who actually is in alignment with all well with not all of their all of their beliefs, but quite a lot of their beliefs. That they're just like closing the door on so many people. And I think I feel like maybe this is just a dream of mine. But I feel like religion is going to change. Like as we're moving forward, the doors are going to be open to more people. It's going to be more open-minded. Like it has to be. It has to be. And there's a, I was chatting to a friend of mine the other day who's a lawyer, so she's very analytical, and she was like, if I had written the Bible, I would have dated every single year <laughs> because that book is really old. There is a stage that takes us from being a beginner in a spiritual path and developing our intuitive skills to starting to becoming a little bit more advanced. What is that um, commitment or that step that we need to take to break to the next level, to become pros as spiritual teachers ourselves. I think it's like the difference between being a bit of a spiritual dabbler and mm. doing it every day. So what it, okay. whatever it is for you, right? Because for some people, for me, it's like a big song and dance and I got to do like tarot readings and meditating, got to do all this stuff. For other people, it's like just five minutes of getting quiet and like connecting 
connecting with your own heart and being like, okay, what do, what do I need to do today? It's like that, that connection, like to whatever it is that you're connecting to, making sure that you're doing that every single day. Cause I feel like when you show up in that way and you're like, I'm here, I'm here, even on those days where there's no, like, it feels like there's no one there. Like there's your spirit guides are like very quiet and there's nothing happening and there's no amazing visuals in your meditation. You come back again the next day mm. and you show up again the next day. And the more you do that, the more all of those amazing things start to happen. So yeah, for me, it's like showing up every day for, for whatever. You show up and then, yeah. yeah, for whatever the, it is. The spirit shows up for you as well. In yes. other words, yes. when you show Amen. for you. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So thank you so much for this interview, Vix. I'd like you to tell us, uh, to tell the people watching right now, or watching the replay, where, where they can find you, what are some future projects that you're working um, on, and so where, my... where to hang out with you. My website is newagehipster.co, but if you go onto Google and you just type in newagehipster, you'll find me really easily. Um, I'm newagehipster33 on here on Instagram. Um, but yeah, I think like from my website, you can find my uh, my Facebook group, my uh, my other social media accounts, my YouTube channel. Like every, if you go to the website, you'll find like all the other links to everything. And there's like a couple of freebies on there. There's a free energy protection ebook because I'm like so passionate about that. And there's also a free ebook um, with some of my favorite tarot spreads as well. Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at George Lizos to grab your free Lightworker survival guide and catch the next live episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.